summed up in you. We worship you as the one. You are the one. You are the anointed one. You are the one. Thank you for being in the midst of this little lampstand tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Now you just breathe on us and let us burn however however the flame of us responds to your breath, to your wind. Amen. It's really a blessing to have um, every one of you here. Um, I've been saying recently that, that these meetings seem to be increasing in their strategic nature. Um, since we started meeting uh, in a living room in 2014, God has always graciously made himself present. I, I've, besides when I'm traveling, I've been at every meeting. Uh, and we're going on almost nine years. And I've got a pretty good memory, too. So I could walk you and talk you through just about every meeting from the little Tuesday, Tabernacle Tuesdays we used to have to the soaking Saturdays to when we started Sunday mornings over six years ago now to all the different places. God has just made himself known. Um, that's been really our only strength. We're not... Or not, I don't want to speak, you know, in a self-deprecating way because that's not honoring to the Lord. But we're not really excellent programmers, organizers. Um, our bells and whistles are uh, minimal. But, um, and God is in those. God anoints that stuff to help people. Okay, so it's not like those are negative in of themselves or like there's some kind of badge of honor we wear of being unorganized or whatever. That's not it. But by the grace of God, there has been one focal point, one star, one goal. God, Jesus, the spirit of the living God. And what he wants. And that has been a little bit messy. Um, just trying to learn to walk like toddlers and messing our diapers and not sharing with one another and stuff like that. <laughs> um, anyway, there has been an increase in the strategic nature of these meetings. There's been an increase in... Jesus' manifest presence, and um, if he shows up and he doesn't reveal anything spectacular, that's we've already won because he has manifested himself. That's the goal. But, you know, he manifested himself as the angel of the Lord to Joshua, and that was great. Joshua's like, oh, falls on his face after he finds out who it is. But then the angel of the Lord says, good. Now I'm going to give you a strategy. And he gave him specific information. So it was not just a manifestation of the Lord. It was a manifestation with information. 
that helped. And so I think God's saying, I want you guys to have your cake and eat it too. He is the cake, Christ Jesus. But whatever he speaks, that's the cake too. Because his word comes from his heart, from the heart of the Father. It is the spirit of God writing that, and angels too a lot of times. So get ready for personal information, insight, personal encouragement. Uh, Joshua was encouraged. He needed courage. I mean, repeating that in the scriptures, his call required courage. This little band requires courage. Each one of your families require courage. God is giving information. He's giving encouragement to us. That time of worship with you was very special to me. uh, And I, I believe to more than just me. We were participating with God, uh, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, so thank you for playing your part. We, th- we praise God that we partnered with people from all over America on the playlist. That's, that's the beautiful and humbling thing about technology, that we can partner. Our meeting tonight is partly indebted to the Night Watch in 2011 or whenever that song was recorded, to Ryan Kondo back in 2010 to Bethel Music um, eight years ago. What God did with them is still living and helping us, as well as every one of you guys here. Um, Speaking of, we have some special visitors tonight. All the way from California, we have Brian and his mother, Kathy. We're glad to have them, and Kate's in the house. She got uh, these two here. And, of course, George, are these with you <laughs> awesome love it love it uh nathaniel how how old are you nathaniel all right man all right 21 is a very special age to me because that's when i got delivered from darkness and transferred into light but you have the light of god shining out of you um, which is no surprise because that's your dad. And I've already been exposed to him and the light that he shines. All right, um, kids, come up before uh, Miss Karis gives information to all of us. Dude, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen you. I'm crying yeah, too. Seriously, I I was away from her for like 31 hours until the meeting started. Mom and me went on a little date, and she had a big sleepover with Gigi and Pawpaw. Any other kids want to come down? Phineas, Oh, yes, we have another Zion. This is my daughter, Zion. Hi. Zion, how old are you? Four. I remember when she was four. She's not four anymore. She's four times two. That's eight. Sam the man. Okay, guys. Something came into my mind just a few minutes ago. And it was this. God is talking to this guy named John. In the last book of the Bible, the last book of the Bible, does anybody know what it is? Revelation. 
Excellent. You didn't even put the S on it like a lot of people do. Revelations. Um, it's like the same people who say Kroger's. Hey, if you do that, if you add an S to Kroger or Revelation, you are blessed, okay? We're no better if we get that right, okay? Um, so God was talking to this guy named John, and he showed John so many things that John's head was spinning, but maybe not really spinning, but it's a saying that means he was like, this is crazy. I mean, are you serious? And he was showing him stuff about the whole world, things happening in countries. He saw an angel who was so big, the angel put one foot on the land and one foot on the sea. Hello down there. I'm 247 meters, not feet, meters tall. So I talked like this. He saw giant angels. He saw scary monsters. We call demons, but they're not scary because we have Jesus with us. And Jesus just does this. And they all run away. So we don't have to be scared. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, God was talking to John and he says, John, this stuff I've shown you, you got to speak about it. John's like, I don't even know how to speak. He said, open up your mouth. I'm going to fill it. It's going to taste sweet going in, but it's going to be bitter coming out. You know what? Sometimes when we go on a car ride, my daughter Zion, I hope this doesn't happen to you, Zion. But sometimes we go on a car ride and my daughter Zion gets car sick and her stomach becomes bitter. And you know what happens? And she's not just making a face. I mean, she's throwing up. Okay. That's why we keep like official throw up bags in our car. Not just like, you know, we'll use it. No, we have like the real, like Karis, my wife ordered them. They're for that purpose. That was my fault. My, my, my P was too pronounced. Okay. So similar to when you get sick and have to throw up, it's kind of weird, but God gave John words that were so sweet. It was wonderful because God gives the best tasting gifts, taste and see that the Lord is good. But what God puts into us, it has to come out. There was a guy named Jeremiah, different from John, but he, he saw lots of crazy stuff too from God. And God said, Jeremiah, what I show you, you must speak. You must prophesy. And Jeremiah's like, well, I'm only a kid. He's like, don't you say you're only a kid. I called you to do this. I created you to do this. So you're going to do it. And Jeremiah's like, yes, sir. I'm afraid, though. I'll be with you. So Jeremiah spoke some things. He let it all fly out. God gave him word. Blah, blah. And then some people got upset with what he was saying. Because a lot of times when God speaks from heaven through a person, people are like, don't talk. We want our way. We don't want to hear from heaven. Because heaven is at odds. That means against what I want. Arr. Little pirate there at the end. So people, a lot of times, don't want to hear what God has to say, but you guys are all 
mouthpieces for God. He's going to give you stuff that tastes sweet as honey or like your favorite food. You're going to love it, but it's got to come out. That doesn't mean God's going to make you throw up all the time, okay? But God's going to take that sweet stuff that's in you and he's going to push it out. Jeremiah one time tried to hold the words in. He's like, people get mad when I say these words. I'm not going to speak anymore. But when I tried to hold He said, I tried to hold it in, but it was like a fire in my bones. It has to come out. So I want to end it by telling you this. Every one of you is very precious to God and very specifically made. He has a specific purpose for each of you, and each of you has a message to the earth. Some of you may sing it. Some of you may draw it. Some of you may dance it, write it. Some of you may just breathe it out. But whatever it is, God has a specific message, and he wants it to come out. Come out. Come out. So what should we break it down on today? Come out. What would you say? Let's break it down on come out. Okay? Because we want what God puts in us to come out of us. And I can guarantee you this, even the youngest of us, even Sir Zadok here, <laughs> I said Sir Zadok, even he has stuff already put in him from God. See that fierce face? I mean, he's like, you ain't lying. Every one of you has stuff. So I want, and we all want, everything that God has put in you and the stuff he continues to put in you. We want it to come out. All right, let's put it in. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to say one, two, three, and we're going to say come out, okay? Father, thank you for every one of these children. I claim them as your possession, and I thank you for what you've put into them. And I declare in Jesus' name, let everything that you've put in them and everything that you will put in them come out. Amen. Come out on three. One, two, three. Come out! All right, guys, thank you. Hey guys, it's so good to see you all. Um, it was feeling really empty at the very beginning of the service and we even started, it's actually kind of early for us, but we started eight minutes late and I was like, well, everybody's gone for Easter, we're just holding down the fort. And then I've, I felt this corner before I heard them. <laughs> I was like, somebody's here. <laughs> so it was really good to have it, to have you all here visiting with us. And, um, and our family members who are here, it's really good to have each of you here too. Um, I know we have a lot of things to pray for on our hearts and minds. Um, Laura wanted to bring some, she's not here tonight and, um, she doesn't know whether or not she'll be able to even come on the retreat because she had, um, something happened to somebody in her family and she's okay with us sharing details, but, um, not over the, 
podcasts. Um, so if you want to know more about that, to pray for that, um, I know they prayed for it prayer meeting right beforehand and we'd like to pray for it more. Um, but she would really appreciate our intercession for, um, for her family. Um, okay. Other big announcements, the retreat, we still have room by the way, guys, um, next weekend, um, we have, I think 35 maybe coming, um, some people aren't coming Friday night, um, and I think 13 of them at least are kids. So we've got a good group, a good group, and but we still have lots of room available. Um, I told you guys I'd bring the sign-ups tonight, and I forgot them. But here's the good thing. They are in our phone text thread, so you will not forget them because they are there available for you to see forever and all forever and always. So I'm going to tonight, if anybody else has something they know for sure they want to bring, tomorrow I'll send out another text. And happy Easter text, here's your sign up um, on things that we still need for the retreat to bring for food and stuff like that. Um, I think that's it as far as retreat things. Um, if you still have some people that you know want to come, let me know. I just had uh, Zach call today from Alabama and say that he's going to th- try to find a way to come to the retreat. So that's awesome. And if you know some other people who might want to come who are somewhat connected in some way and this would be a real blessing for them, just let me know and we can bring them into next week. Uh, the Falls kids are all coming and they are also going to be ministering along with the Falls. So that's really awesome as well. Um, I think that's it. Oh, yes, Joseph. Yes, yes, it will continue. <laughs> Things will continue here, 5 p.m. next week. Who's holding on the fort here? <gasps> what? <laughs> we always do. Great question, Joseph. Thank you. So, yes, Nicholas. Oh, okay. Thanks, Nicholas, for bringing that up. Yes, we are still meeting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, we'll be here. Meaning, we know for the next few weeks, we'll be here. <laughs> Okay, I think that's it. We don't really have a lot of announcements. Still need workers for the April 22nd Wesley Waddle. Um, still need runners for the Wesley Waddle. Is that Easter sale closed or does it go till tomorrow? So there's a sale for getting in on it and it goes until tomorrow if anybody wants to run. Um, for visitors, bathroom, straight through here. Um, we're going to have kid time available if your kids want to come to it, but they do not have to. Um, and is that Nicholas and Na- Naomi? Nicholas and Jen. Okay. All right. That's it. Oh, and also, um, you visitors, if you want to get connected in another way, um, you're not, I, I keep calling you visitors. I know your names, Katie and Jordan. <laughs> I know you two at least. <laughs> and now I know Nathaniel and Zion. Um, and, and also you, you new ones, <laughs> but, um, Brian and Kathy and Kate. Okay. Welcome. Um, you can connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, or if you really want to connect with us, we have a text thread. <laughs> so that's the way we really know about everything.
Okay. Um, I really felt like God put something on my heart. Uh, those of you who have been with us for a while know that... Oh, yes. Kids, if you want to go to the back, Miss Jen, Mr. Nicholas... Got you covered. <clears throat> um, so, you know, it was a, a uh, about a year, year and a half where I, I didn't speak at all because I just really felt the Lord uh, restraining the grace to do that. Um, and then in September, if you remember, I, I just spoke about three three different times prophetic words that uh, had been really confirmed over the years regarding dwelling specifically, but also what God wanted to do in the area. Um, I'm just now thinking that's cool because uh, I never connected it to like the stuff that God was saying. We, we got a taste of that then in, uh, in February. Uh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, besides those three messages, I haven't had... Um, a message on my heart and it's just God has anointed other people and you know I'll spit fire you know every now and again shoot from the hip uh, as I'm facilitating but I just felt like there was something for me to say tonight and um, I think could because God is so resourceful I think he will impact anybody who has an open heart for this but I think this is firstly something the Lord just once said you know, he, he called Ezekiel out where there was no audience and he said, speak to the mountains. Um, and so that's what Ezekiel did. Um, so I, I believe that is my, uh, main assignment right now is to speak to the mountains. But the cool thing is, as, uh, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. You who trust in the Lord, you are mountains that he wants to, parade around and speak to. Um, yes. So I just want to read a couple scriptures and if there's a title to what I want to say, it's the zeal of the Lord. Um, And even more specifically, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Paul says um, in the New Testament, he says, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. But then he also uses that same Greek word um, in a negative sense when he says, my people... They've been very zealous for God, but it's zeal without knowledge. Um, there was a group of, of people in Jesus' day called the Zealots, and they were fiery, full of zeal, but they weren't exactly flowing in the zeal of God's Spirit. Throughout church history, Throughout human history, there's been a lot of zeal. Men, women of passion and fervor. 
And when you have a passion, when you have a zeal for something, you're probably going to make some airwaves. You're probably going to turn some heads. And you can get passionate about light bulbs like Alexander Graham Bell, which I'm so grateful that God gave him a passion for that. You can have passion about all kinds of things. But I think passion, uh, religious passion, is probably the most intense and has probably been the source of the most bloodshed. Religious passion. And we see it in Islam. We see it in Judaism. We see it in Christianity and uh, many other religions. And I want to submit to you that our need in the church of Jesus Christ is not more zeal for God. That's not our need. In fact, I want to submit to this, I think it's getting in the way. I think it's, it's something within our uh, Christian belief, uh, the church of Jesus, I think it's something that's actually related to this scripture when Jesus said, if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? And let me apply it specifically to zeal. So, you know, like one of the highest compliments you can get from a fellow believer is wow, that guy's on fire for God. Or, man, she's on fire. And a lot of times that statement is made for a legitimate godly reason, like God has set a flame in that person's heart and their life. So that's not bad. But what happens so much of the time is the zeal that God gives as a grace and burns our heart for him, it gets robbed by our flesh and the enemy, and it becomes this light, look how zealous I am. And other people look at it, oh, oh, look how zealous he or she is, and they pattern their way after that person's zeal. And the person themselves is, Look at how many people are following my zeal. <laughs> Knew I had something here. Now, outwardly, oh, I got to humble myself before you. And I'm not saying that it's all fake, and I'm not saying that it's all bad, but there's so much mixture. And I don't think this is any surprise to God. I think He knew that there would be mixture, there would be wheat and tares that grew up together. Okay, good seed, the wheat, and stuff from the enemy, our flesh and uh, the devil. I think it's harvest time, and God is ready. At harvest time, that's when you separate. It's, it's too damaging to the good to try to separate before it's time. I think it is high time for the harvest of holy zeal. I think it's time for God to separate the wheat from the chaff to remove human zeal 
from the church. And I want to be respectful and honorable with my words, but I, and if I have to change or repent from this, uh, then I will, and I believe God will forgive and wipe out my mistake. But I just declare death to human zeal in the church of Jesus Christ. You're no longer needed. You are obsolete. Never be lacking in, in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. The, the zeal that God gives. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. Zeal for your house has consumed me, the prophet declared. And he was feeling that himself. He's like, oh, I just I can't help myself. I got your burning fire for what you wanted in your house. I mean, that's how these guys lived. That's how these ladies live. I mean, Isaiah's wife was like that too. He's like, I went into the prophetess and we had another kid. And our kids are little prof- prophetic symbols. We're signs and wonders. I mean, this is how God does it. He consumes a person with his zeal. And I I believe we have free will. But, man, God just, way before Jeremiah could make a decision, way before that, he said, before I put you, I mean, I know there's people, and Karis is talking to me about some of her counseling classes and certain methods of uh, therapy that can take you back to, like, in utero stuff. And I don't think, I think that's legitimate. I think it can happen. But we're talking about pre in utero. <laughs> okay. The step before that, God said, before I formed you in your mama, I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. I put you together in my mind and I built the frame of your calling and your destiny. Before I even said, yeah, I'll take, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be a good dad for this guy. And yeah, I'll bring, yeah, I'll bring you guys together. He already had Jeremiah, the burning prophet in mind. He had a place in human history where he's going to put him. And Jeremiah's mom and dad, they might have thought that they had a lot to do with it. No, they had a little to do with it. God just turns hearts whatever he way he wants to get what he wants. So. The zeal of the Lord is what we're after. And the zeal of the Lord is going to bring to pass what he wants. Let me read this scripture. A common scripture, uh, especially around um, Christmas time. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Another version uh, translation says, the zeal of Yahweh of armies 
will perform this. I like the accomplish and the perform uh, because of the different things that they help us to see. Accomplish just makes me think of getting the job done. Like God's like, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and get the job done. He's never had a job that he didn't finish. He's never left something undone. What he begins, he ends. What he starts, he finishes. He completes. So he's like, the zeal of me, I am the Lord. The zeal of me will get this done. But also, the zeal of Yahweh of armies will perform this. He's like, I'm not going to do it in secret. I'm going to put on a show. I'm going to perform it. And perform, if you perform something, yes, you also do it. It's the, it's the act is done. But it's more like it's show. And God loves to put on a good show. He is the perfect mix of showmanship and authentic humility. Jesus came as a showman. I mean, dancing. That fact that he was so showy, they called him a partier and a, a drunk. And they called him a lunatic because the way he was operating was like a jester. He was putting on a show. It was the greatest show on earth for three and a half years. He was putting on a show, but it was devoid of any carnal ambition or let me show my stuff and give me glory. The only one who really could be worthy of the glory still deflected it to the Father. But he put on a show because the zeal of the Lord was in him. I can't help but put on a show for you, Father. I don't care if they call me blasphemer. I don't care if they call me fool myself. I don't care if they say he's only from Nazareth and a stone layer, a carpenter's son. I don't care what they say about me. I don't care if they say I'm demon-possessed. I gotta put on my show because it's not my show. It's your show, Father. Something greater than him was consuming him. Wait, is anything greater than Jesus? He said, my father is greater than me. Put that in your theological pipe and puff on it. My father is greater than me. Why do you call me good? There is only one who is good. It's God. I don't understand that. But I know that zeal was consuming him and he could only speak what the Father spoke to him. He could only do what he saw the Father doing because he had the zeal within him. Zeal for your house has consumed me. Literal language there is, zeal for your house has eaten me up. I'm infested. I'm completely overcome. It's the opposite of cancer. I'm totally malignant with white burning light. I'm consumed. I'm eaten up. I can't live any other way. And so he did things that were very strange. It's strange to anyone, but particularly strange to those with religious zeal. Human zeal in the people of God was the greatest enemy of the one who had true zeal. So, your life, in your life, 
your human zeal is the arch enemy of the zeal of the Lord in your life. Now look, some of you play that out in different ways. Some of us play it out in like, we're like going for it and we're like punching, like having a contest. I can beat the zeal of God. And we don't think that. You know, we think it's like us doing it for God. But we're actually fighting against Jesus. And like Jesus comes up to, his perfect example is Saul of Tarsus. And Jesus shows up and he's like, hey, dude, um, why are you fighting against me? Why are you like trying to show me that you have greater zeal than me? Look, Saul was not a pagan. He was going hard after Yahweh. He said, I was more zealous than anybody. He thought what he was doing was for God. But human zeal was the enemy of true zeal. And so, whether we're like a Saul of Tarsus who like shows and like how hard we can fast and read and all that stuff, or many of us right now, we've been so oppressed and discouraged by the enemy that we're actually in the other thing, we're just in shame because we don't have the zeal. I can't, I mean, both of them are works focused. Both of them are human strength focused. Like, well, guess I just don't have that juice. I guess I don't have, I guess I'm lacking in zeal. I guess I didn't keep my spiritual fervor. I actually think that's a better place to be than the rah, rah, shish, boom, ba. Let me show you how hard I am, God, for you. But both of them need the Holy Spirit's address. And his antidote is, let me show you the authentic. This will eat you up. You'll eat it up. This is the gift of God. The Spirit, do you not know that the Spirit yearns jealously within you? Envious, zealous within you. So, um, here in a few minutes, I, um, when I, it's going to be more than a few probably, but <laughs> unless the Lord carries me away in the spirit, um, it's going to be before seven. But if he carries me away in the spirit, we're all going to love it. You know, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just going to, to pray at the end of this, just a simple prayer uh, I don't even know what I'll say, but it's just something about, Lord, we receive your zeal. <clears throat> Let me read one other verse. It's Isaiah 37, 32. Isaiah knew all about the zeal of the Lord. He got wrecked by it, and he was never the same. For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem. A group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies or the zeal of Yahweh of armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. A remnant of, peop a remnant of people will spread out from Jerusalem a group of survivors from Mount Zion. 
I want to make this personal for us uh, because I believe it personally applies to everybody in this room. Um, I, without even having to like look and like <clears throat> try to use spiritual discernment to dissect hearts um, right now, I, in my knower, I know everyone in here has an unfolded heart that says, God, I want you. I just know it. So that's why I can say this to you because you, as a flowering heart before God, welcome to the remnant. You are those he speaks about when he says, I'm going to preserve a remnant. There's going to be a collection of people. It's the opposite of, of those who have something special in their own strength or survival of the fittest. It's those who have found grace with God. Noah found grace with God. He was part of an eight human remnant and some animals. You have found favor with God. You are now in this room and you represent individually God's remnant. So Isaiah said here, there's going to be a remnant that comes out of Jerusalem, that spreads out from Jerusalem. There are going to be survivors who come from Mount Zion. Now, Isaiah said this because the king in that day, King Hezekiah, had called the prophet in. You know, if even if you're a big bad prophet, dude, you respond when the king calls you because he can take your head off. And even the prophets didn't want their head cut off, like until it was their time. You know, they're like, they don't, you know, again, they're consumed with the zeal of the Lord. Um, anyway, don't get distracted, Trev. King Hezekiah said, we're in a tough spot. Bring that Isaiah, son of Amos, that, that dude, the one who, you know, tells me all the secrets of my heart and tells me stuff. And then a few years later, it happens. Bring him. We need him right now. So Isaiah shows up. He's probably got his wife and kids with him. You know, it's a family thing. And he's talking with his wife, the prophetess. Which one are you getting the word? Maybe she got it. And because, you know, the male-dominated culture, it was like Isaiah who delivered it. But, it, like, it was his wife who was, like, the sneaky star behind the scenes. I'm a little bit used to that myself. So is Davey. So is every husband in here. <laughs> Um, and boyfriend and fiance. Isaiah comes in there and he gives this long, amazing prophetic word. Hezekiah really needs it because Sennacherib, Sennacherib, I think I'm saying that correctly. Joseph's like, yeah, not bad. <laughs> He's the big bad leader of Assyria. In Assyria, they, to me in the scriptures, they represent a spirit of oppression. They're so intimidating and so ruthless. They would throw bodies off of like, uh, you know, a high up place and impale them. You know, that's, that's, that was their hanging. You're getting hung and yeah, hanging like this, that's bad enough. But to be thrown in your body impaled on a stake, that's, they were known for doing that. And they would show it off 
to a whole community. They would come over and they would raid a, a city. And they're like, uh, okay, do this so everybody walks by the city. They know who we are. Assyria, when I was researching their, uh, their tactics, they're one of the most ruthless of all of human history and most feared militaries because of their power and their ruthlessness. So these guys are focusing all their attention on little Jerusalem, Hezekiah's land. And Sennacherib is sending his spokesman and straight up taunting. And think, if you're ruling the day and you go over, you slaughter whoever you want to, and then there's these group of annoying Jews, these Hebrew God people, who think their God's great and they like tell stories about miracles and whatever, let's go wipe them out. And so he sends, Sennacherib sends like probably his fifth, sixth in command. He's like, you ain't even worth my time. Just go and tell him, uh, yeah, you're talking about your Yahweh. I'm about to come in there and destroy you. So bend the knee or die. And basically Hezekiah starts getting scared like any of us would, especially like since he's the one, everybody's like, what should we do, king? And he's like, hold on, we're going to talk to Isaiah. Because there's one way greater than the king. His name is God. And so whoever really knows God and God's heart and his voice, that's who we got to go to right now. And that's the context. Okay, some other details, but the Assyrians are breathing down the necks of the Israelites. They're, they're about to just siege Jerusalem. They would build these massive sieges. That's what they were known for. Just these ramps and be so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tactical, but um, they would pull it off well. I don't care. For some reason, the word won't come. Strategic, but then able to accomplish it. Effective, something like that. They would just do it off. They would see, we're going to siege you. We sieged, we won. Now your bodies are everywhere. That's what they're about to do to Jerusalem. Hezekiah's freaking out. And Isaiah says, here's the word of the Lord. Here's the word God has for you. He speaks personally to Hezekiah. And then, I love it. Holy trash talk. Holy showmanship from God to Sennacherib. He said, I mean, you can look at this in Isaiah 37. It's also in 2 Kings 19. And uh, it's the same situation described. And basically, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm catching some of the heart of it. God's like, <clears throat> who do you think you are? He actually says, who are you? That you have opened your mouth against Yahweh. Who are you? thinks you can touch the apple on my eye who are you squawking down there as if you have something to say as if you scare me who are you saying that i'm not great I'll tell you something i'm gonna put my hook in your nose or your mouth one of those two <laughs> i'm gonna put my hook in your mouth and i'm gonna pull you i'm gonna take you and put you just where i want you to I'm going to do it my way, too. It's not my way or the highway. It's just my way. This is how it's going to be, Sennacherib. And he says some other things, basically like, I'm going to do this. And then he tells Hezekiah, look, man, I'm going to actually cut him down in his own land. And sure enough, that's what happened. He was, went to worship in his demon temple, and he got slain right there. 
So he says that, God says it to Isaiah, and um, Isaiah says it to King Hezekiah, and Hezekiah is strengthened by it, but he, he gets a whole lot more strengthened in the morning. In the morning, right after the Lord says this. He hasn't even fulfilled the whole prophecy, but this is the beginning right away. The Assyrian army woke up that morning and 185,000 lay dead because the angel of the Lord went out there at night. 185,000. It's a lot of people. That's, that's a lot of Assyrian punks. In a moment, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't you know, want to try to get too unnecessarily graphic. But was it just like a little, an angel came out there and went, and just carried their breath away in their sleep? I, I, or did the angel of the Lord do a little bit like Samuel, who it says he hewed Agag to pieces? Or Elijah, when he slew the prophets of Baal, I mean, that wasn't like, okay, we're just going to put you to sleep here. No, no, it was a little more intense than that. I don't know what that angel did, but it says an angel went. I don't know if he, like, it was one of those big guys who put his land on the sea, and he's like, all right, take a big sickle and just, we're done. And there was a bloody mess of 185,000 carcasses. Am I being too... Okay, sorry. But the Bible goes even worse than this. All right. Thanks, Mama. See, Rachel will always be honest with me. <laughs> you will always be honest with me, too. But our kids aren't in here. Our kid. All right. Here's my encouragement for you. Whatever Assyrian army is breathing down your throat is threatening you, the beautiful remnant. Whatever enemy is breathing at your door, trying to intimidate you, trying to oppress you, threatening harm to you, to your family, to your destiny, you're going to come out you're going to live and not die. And you're going to spread out. What that speaks of is you are going to be fruitful. You're going to multiply. You're going to bear fruit that's new fruit in every season. Your leaves are going to be for the healing of the nations. This is who God says you are. This is who he paid for you to be with his blood. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. The zeal of Yahweh of heaven's armies will accomplish this in your life. I, I want to feel that more myself, honestly. I want to feel it. But our faith does not hinge on feeling. I love when our faith is supported and like extra blessed with the feeling. That's my favorite. When I really Feel the faith and I, mm, the strength and the emotion to go with it, the clarity. But when we don't feel it, when we don't see it, we declare 
the word of the, the word of God in the dark. We just speak it. We speak, let there be light. We speak, let the zeal of the Lord accomplish whatever the zeal of the Lord wants to accomplish. Let the zeal of Yahweh of heaven's armies perform publicly 185,000 slain enemies publicly, which, by the way, caused the whole army to slink back with their tails between their legs. And then later, that's when Sennacherib was taken out himself. But there was that immediate encouragement. So guys, you are a remnant. You are survivors. Survivors will come out of Mount Zion. Nothing's wasted in the scriptures there. You will come out of the home of God. You won't say anymore, I was in a sieged city. I was under oppression. I'm coming out of oppression. Uh, uh, no, you're coming out of the presence, the person of God. You're coming out of the belly where the zeal is housed. You're coming out there with the zeal of the Lord. You're coming out there to burn anything that stands in the way of agape. You're coming out there as liquid, liquid lava love. Just melting hard hearts. Melting demonic mountains like wax. Mount, mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Father, thank You that You are a God of zeal. That You define zeal. You are the only true author of zeal. You have the authentic zeal. And Lord, we tonight confess the sin of false zeal, of, of the, the idolatry, of, of worshiping it either by being proud of our own zeal or being ashamed because we don't have zeal. E either it's idolatry of human zeal. We say let that golden calf come crashing down. Let it melt in the fire of your zeal. Let that happen in the church of Jesus Christ and give us a very clear deposit of it right here in Wilmore. I declare the zeal of a man dead in dwelling tonight. So, Lord, thank You that if we confess our sin, You're faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteous zeal. So thank You, Lord. We receive the cleansing. We receive the, the washing of Your Word. We receive the blessings and benefits of the blood where we just become clean because of the Word You have spoken to us. We receive it. And Lord... We open up our hearts for the zeal of Yahweh to eat us up, to consume us. Just, we just welcome You in, zeal of the Lord. We welcome You in. Holy Spirit, holy zeal, we welcome You in. Heart of the Father, burning heart of the Father. The eyes of zeal, the burning flames of fire in the eyes of Jesus Christ. We welcome the zeal of the Spirit, the zeal of the Father, the zeal of Jesus. We welcome the zeal of the Trinity into our beings, into this building even. And we welcome the zeal into our homes. 
as each of our homes, our physical dwelling places, it's a, they are all houses for you. They're temples for you. So Lord, clean them out. Destroy the Assyrians trying to siege our homes. Destroy them. Let them be slain. Let us see the destruction of the wicked. And then, Lord, take us as your little remnant, as your band of survivors, those who have survived the sword, who found grace in the wilderness. Lord, let us come out saying, grace, grace. Let us be just flowing as liquid lava love, the agape of God. And let every mountain melt like wax in your presence. Lord, the timing is in your hands, but we've presented our petition to you. We presented our agreement with your biblical truth. I have done what I knew to do to agree with the word of the Lord for us. Lord, any of our own shortcomings in these things, you are greater than our hearts. You are faithful even when we're faithless. So come do it, Lord. (laughs) Zeal of the Lord, do it. Accomplish it and perform it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, almost four minutes before seven. Um, Brian and uh, Kathy, would you guys mind coming up? Would that be okay? You are full of life, man. You didn't just like stroll up here. I mean, you walked with a purpose. It's who you are, man. So I just met. Come on over, Kathy. Don't be afraid to be star of the show. Remember, that's what God does sometimes. Uh, you guys are stars right now. You're from California. Why did you come? So um, we basically came first um, because. Um, you know, we have a youth group, and we went to the Creation Museum in Noah's Ark, so we thought it would be a great place. And then one of the pe- one of the people from our group um, went to Ashbury, um, made us go to Ashbury. I mean, he, I mean, he didn't really force us to go. Like, not everyone wanted to go, but some people wanted. Then eventually, all of us went. We're like, okay, let's go. Then uh, we met Katie, and, you know, she was coming down the stairs um, after having recorded her sermon. Um, I mean, she was working in something, and then she asked us, do you want to, do you want me to pray for you guys? And then um, she prayed for us, and then, um, then my mom was like, oh, I have something special to tell you. And she told me about my conditions and all the stuff I struggle with. So then we came here to get healing, and even if he held me, um, I'm grateful. But um, but um, I guess he came here so just to bolt my confidence more. Thank you. Build your confidence. Now don't go anywhere, man. Stay stay up here. Stay up here, Brian. Kathy, do you have anything to share? I just want to share, it's, ama- it's, it's kind of amazing. God is amazing. Last night, uh, uh, Pastor Pas- Katie asked me, because our flight is uh, this morning at 
and she told me, uh, do you can think about uh, if you can change your friend or something else? I, I said, because there's no service. It's, it is Eastern holiday. We, we checked the website for Asbury, and yesterday we come here, we, we cannot see many people here, yeah. I think lots of people, they go with their family. And um, yeah, I said, yeah. I said, if there's a service, then I will consider to stay here. But it's impossible. I have my flight, and I will now here. Uh, uh, originally, I, I, I should stay there in California, my home now. But it's, it's, it's amazing. This morning, we, um, yeah. We we missed our flight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then you know, I I struggled. Do I have to call, uh, past Katie again? Because last night, she and uh, I, I, it, it's difficult for me to remember the English name, but yeah, that Joe brother, that Joe, that that. That brother, yes, lots of brother. I think seven or eight people. They prayed for Brian until twelve o'clock at midnight. It touched me so deeply. Yeah, I think it's love from God. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then I think about this. Then I, I pick up my phone. I said maybe I can talk to her. Oh yeah, we rescheduled the the, the flight. Um, no, today at six thirty, and then we buy the tickets. And uh, then after I buy the tickets, I have a. I I don't know. Maybe it's from God. Then I said maybe I need send a message to her, and tell him maybe we still have time if I can bring Brian to to her praise and let him lay her hands on Brian, and he will be healed. Yeah. I don't want my son hand empty and go home because I heard there's a revival of February. I know God is still here working. He's still working. He's not the God before and in the future. He's the God now. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, yesterday morning, I wake up at 5 o'clock because there is a time zone difference in California and uh, here. I need down there. This is the, this week is the, uh, how to speak so nice, so it's a, um, this week, I think it's, it's because God, God died and then he, uh, yeah, it's a good Friday, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, God has seven. He, he speaks when he, uh, before he died, he, he, he speaks seven, uh, seven uh, uh, phrases, yeah. And uh, yesterday, he's, he, thank you. He, he, I read uh, when, when I prayed in the morning at five o'clock, and uh, his, his phrases is, it it was all done. I said, "How, oh, hey God, it was all done. Could you all done for Brian?" 
for us. Yeah, don't let us empty hands and go back. Yeah, and I think Caddy, and it's 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 amazing. We 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 go. Brian said there's a two 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 car, and because his uh, health situation, and then we we said, oh, Asbury is too far away, and then we we gave up because no service here. So just to tour the campus, no, I, I want to see God. I, I don't want to see campus. So I said, no, you, go, you guys go there. I, 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 Brian and I, we would go back uh, to the uh, uh, hotel and have a rest. And then we go to another car. And then Brian, I, I don't know why, then, then he said he wanted to go. And then all the cars, because uh, some of the kids, they said, we don't want to go, we don't want to go. But it's, it's amazing. All, all of them, they said, oh, okay, let's go. And then we go to Esprit, and then we meet Pastor Katie. And, and then he, she said, he, she said, she asked me questions. Do you want to, could you, um, like, you stay t- today? And I said, no, because my flight is uh, 9.30, and I will uh, depart, right? I would take off, uh, depart, yes, at uh, 7, like 7.30 to 7 o'clock. And said, he, she asked it, where's the airport? I said, Cincinnati. And she asked it, uh, could you, um, like, mm, what else? I said, that's impossible, yeah. But, you know, Brian, I bring him to China lots of times and I bring him here and there. We never miss the trip. We never miss the fright. But today it's it's amazing. And you know <laughs> it's the first time and there's another sister brings his son. I think she's smart. She's a professor in the university. She's smart. I don't think I, I'm stupid too, right? So we told mom we miss the fright. It's amazing. So <laughs> Okay, so when I see down there, I said, oh, God, maybe it, that's your will. Yeah, I said, maybe I, I need to stay here. Maybe, but I don't know. But there's no service. Hey, God. Yeah. And then Katie told me, hey, there is a service tonight and tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Then I said, oh, I need, I need, I need to call my husband and and I need to discuss with Brian. Brian, sometimes he's angry. Mom, you, you speak too fast. Uh, you, you think too fast. You change too fast. Yeah. You have lots of prayers. Oh, okay. You, you change it. You, you hold me and change this and change that. Yeah. That's mom. And I said, oh, I need, I, I told Katie, I need, I need to discuss with Brian. He's the key point. If he wants to stay and he has peaceful and uh, joyful like, uh, you know, he wants to stay, and he wants to meet Jesus. We want to see Jesus tonight and tomorrow, yeah. So, yeah, and I, it's amazing. Brian, yeah, he, he tried to complain. I said, no, 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 hey, uh, the old testimony, you see, hey, the Israelites, they complain a lot, and they died. Don't, don't complain, don't complain. If Jesus, don't, God don't want to complain. Uh, <laughs> All the things happen, whatever. I don't know how to speak English, but the, the, the that words, all the things they, they will do good to us if we love God. Yeah, that's that the words. And 
the Chinese word I know, but it's the same meaning. Yeah, since we missed the flight, but it's still too good to us. Yeah, yeah, all the things God will change it from like to bad to 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 the good things if we love God, right? Yeah, and yeah, and then I I try to use this word cup. I said, hey hey, don't 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 complain, don't complain, mom, don't complain. Since you are sick, then I stopped complaining totally. I I will be I will be a good kid before God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's mom. Mom changed a lot since Brian become sick. I changed a lot. There is I I I yeah. I think that there's a revival. For my uh, for my spiritual life, I'm a I'm not cold. I'm not hot before God. Before Brian, uh, sick, said, "Oh God, God, you are here." No, are you true? No, but I need you. Yes, but you are you are you really God? No. Oh oh oh, something like that. Shake up and down. But yeah, and yeah, but I change. Yeah, and and. Yes. For Brian specifically, and I want you to be right beside Brian. We put two chairs up here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, some of you may have to go to uh, something else. That's fine. But here's the thing: what she just said, what she read, when Jesus said, "It's done." Okay. That that was the greatest um, picture of the zeal of the Lord. Did it? It accomplished it. What he said on the cross applies for Brian tonight. This doesn't require any of your human zeal. It's an invitation for us to agree with God and for God to use us. The manifestation of that, Brian could begin shaking on the ground and all manner of physical things, or he could just peacefully smile or laugh, whatever. It's not the it, it's not the physical manifestation. It's just the truth. God is going to be faithful to Brian, and I welcome anyone who wants to participate. What we're going to do, Uncle Tim, if you could just start that playlist and just have it a little bit lower, um, and then different people can pray. Um, somebody will have a phone up here to record the prayer. We're going to record what's prayed, so you guys can can take that. But God's going to move. He's here. He's already moving in your heart. He's, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, um, and He's upon us, so we're going to partner with you. So, um, 